Hey, what's up? I am Mike Ranica from the Dev Wars Prada, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your beloved host, the one and only Sonny here. And today I have the honor of speaking with the immensely talented Mike Karanika. Man, thank you so much for joining our IUF series today, dude. You know, bro, here we are. I mean, an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at the Devil Wars Prada with the release of your latest album, Color Decay, setting to drop on September 16th on Solid State Records. I want to begin, man, by congratulating you on reaching 17 years of the Devil Wars Prada, man, and all the well-deserved recognition you guys have been getting over the years. Eight albums now cemented into this impressive, you know, the discography of the band. I mean, I, I still remember when Des Moines was playing in my buddy's car that night back in like 2009. I'm a sentimental person, Mike, if you haven't known already. <laughs> There's just so much to discover about this banger of an album and what you're all about. Now, before we get to all that and beyond, right, let's let's exhale. First off, how are you? <laughs> I know you're in the middle of a touring cycle, man. I mean, it, it, you guys have been touring nonstop, and at least in the last twelve months, I can't imagine it feels if it feels more like a blur or the fact that you guys are touring so heavily that the word pandemic at this juncture just gives you PTSD at this point. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like we're uh, it feels like we're mostly past it, that which is uh, yeah. certainly a, a refresher to say the least. But um, yeah, just uh, kind of picking up for last lost ground you know obviously we released the act and COVID hit and everything so got cut short but you know create our own momentum off z2 and into color decay and uh things are going well just uh yelling a whole bunch of songs every night <laughs> nothing new hey that's yelling a whole bunch of songs man that's what you're all about you know i feel like live music is back maybe even better than ever i mean have you had the chance mike to take all this in considering what we've all been through these last two years i feel like that's an important question to ask because you know, we had this thing that we love the most, you know, you're doing what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing, talking to amazing people like you. It was taken away from us and now it's back. Do you have a new sense of, I don't know, appreciation for the live concert music? I know I do, but for someone like you, who's been at this for as long as you have. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I haven't really sat with it too much, but um, it was a bizarre, it was a bizarre thing every, I mean, I think it was more, it feels like the shutdown was much, much like so long ago, but the transition yeah. out felt so recently. And I think the shutdown was honestly easier than the transition <laughs> out. And I don't know <laughs> if that's just, uh, I don't know, sort of time just kind of padding it for us now, but um, it is, it is certainly be great to be back doing what, you know, we've always done and just, I think worldwide enjoying culture again and, and doing what we love in terms of, you know, people getting to go to whether it's music or sporting events or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you know, getting to come together and as humanity done, do what we've always done. I want to reference your song time in all this, because this has been one of the heavy hitters as of late, uh, a really interesting. I love the the reference of that song. I believe you said that time itself moves incredibly fast, but it moves incredibly slow. I mentioned 17 years, right? I want to turn the clock back here, Mike, to maybe 2005, maybe even before that, because our listeners here on IUF already know how much of a nostalgic person I am. But have you ever just stopped to look back on that time in your life 
during the band's early days and that cornerstone festival, right? Where this all began. You guys, you've seen the lineup changes throughout the years. And here we are. Does it feel like everything kind of just went by in a blink at the same time? We've had a chance to reflect the last two years. I know I have with the pandemic. Did you look back like old videos from Delaware's Prada? You know, it's like, man, that shit is crazy. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've never tried to like, when people ask about the band, like when was it, you know, you made it or when was it that mm-hmm. you knew the band was successful? I'm like, well, I don't know. That just feels so complacent and standstill to be like, Oh, well it's done. I did it. You know? <laughs> so I kind of never really um, manage my perspective in those terms. But um, lately we have a dying wish opening. This tour is a really awesome band oh, yeah. and they're, uh, they're pretty young. And I think that's been the only bit of little, nostalgia about being young is when we were opening tours and i've been thinking about it like that was the first time playing montreal uh a few days ago we just got back from canada and i was like wow i'm like trying to think the first time i went to montreal and whatnot you know and like um we we kicked off the tour at the rave um there in milwaukee where i live and they had a poster up and it had i think 18 times we played there and i was pretty sure there were dates in there that we had played and they didn't even have on the poster so it's like you know, when you think about like the first time you're at Montreal and then you're like, okay, so how many times have you played Montreal? And I'd be, I wouldn't, I'd be off by like 10, I'm sure if I were to take a guess. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as just being a, a dumb kid that was 16 years old, going to high school and working at Dairy Queen to now this, uh, I worked at Brahms old, as, my, as my first job, so I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being this old arthritic man at 33 now, it's, uh, uh again it's that elasticity and you know it went fast but some some days it feels like forever yeah it's like that movie the butterfly effect you just look at a number and it just takes you back to that time you know one of the things that makes the devil worst part of the devil worst part is the live presence that you guys put on stage i remember seeing you guys destroy the so what fest back here in dallas a couple months ago and um, I-, I missed you guys. I saw you guys from the balcony. I was like, who is that? And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm missing the Devil Wars Prada, you know. And here's the thing, Mike. I ask a lot of questions about chemistry between members of the same band because I find those kinds of stories really interesting. But in this case, you kind of helped me segue into this because I want to talk about the chemistry between the different bands you've recently toured with. I mean, straight from the path and Dying Wish right now, right? But, bro, Beartooth, We Came as Romans, Silverstein, this list goes on and on. There's been a lot of genre bending between you guys. I mean, hardcore punk, emo, metalcore, new metal, alternative. Do you think it takes chemistry to make tours like these work? Um, I mean, it certainly helps for a tour to go well and, you know, to come off the tour and be like, hey, I respect who I was just supporting. Yeah. Or, you know, I or I respect who just opened the tour. I respect, you know, Silverstein, the three or four band in that uh in that situation but um i don't know it's you know when people always ask about chemistry within a band and whatnot i'm always very proud to say you know like people make life changes and people have always considered like such a a downer to like have lineup changes when like the way we see it is like you know the the guys that have worked their asses off to be playing tunes with us now Mm -hmm. um being the newest being kyle jeremy and or uh, kyle Giuseppe and Mason is like, well, they've always wanted to play music and they've got to a point where they get to do it professionally now. Like that's, that's chem, that's all the chemistry you need, yeah, you know, but very true. Um, it is weird. You know, it, it, there can be 
a world of different dichotomies within different bands and different bands that what like exist together forever and all hate their singer or <laughs> you know like the awkward guy like the man out is, is pretty weird you know um i think everybody has it but i think one of the positives that have come out of COVID is that I think there's less competition from band to band these days where I think back to like warp days. And it was like, it was kind of like keeping up with the Joneses as far as like who sold more merch and all this. And these days it's kind of like, yo, like it's sick for a band to be selling a, a ton of tickets, you know, and it's mm -hmm. sick for us to be able to support the band selling a bunch of tickets and all those tickets get to watch our band. So um, the level of chemistry is important. I'm it's like any relationship as cliche as that is, as, as far as how much it comes down to communication. But at the same time, you know, like it's not really what you want to do is communicate, you know, when you're a bunch of gnarly band dudes and whatnot, but got to keep on the same page and, you know, um, share ambitions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to segue into before I get into the music a little bit further, there are two things in my life I love aside from the music, Mike. If you haven't noticed, I'm already I'm drinking coffee out of my Spice Girls mug. So judge me all you want. All right. I love coffee and I love hockey. Tell me about Dogma Coffee and tell me about Hacksaw Hockey. That really rhymes. I, I was not planning on that. How have how have both of those things been going? I know you that's something that you independently take part in aside from the music with Devil Wars Prada, right? It is. Yeah. Um I got involved with coffee I, when I moved to Chicago in my late teens. Um, I came into a totally different world of coffee, you know, as far as growing up in Dayton and, yeah, um, you know, parents drinking Folgers in the morning and a friend of mine, I remember we'd go get Waffle House coffee. I've always loved coffee, but through the years I got to learn more about it. And um, basically after a collaboration, the band did with Metric Coffee um, one of their owners there offered me a position to basically create my own enterprise and brand to create my own coffee and using their fantastic, amazing system of fulfillment and roasting and everything. So it's been fun. It's, it's been a little slow, um, kind of keeping up the momentum and whatnot. We've been working on a collaboration. We like to collaborate with bands, labels, and, um, we've collaborated with the guitar pedal companies and such too, but like, um, it's been a little hard keeping the momentum, but we're, we're sitting on one drop um, that I really look forward to. And then during COVID, just having downtime, I get terribly anxious when I don't have things to do. And mm -hmm. I've kind of I've had this idea for a long time that I wanted to make hockey jerseys and it didn't right feel feel right for Dogma Coffee. And I just couldn't figure out what it would what it could be or what made sense. And then I came together with one of my best friends who's a photographer. He shoots the band a lot. He shot the cover of uh, Z2. He shot like the space EP and everything. And um, I was like, you know, like the, the photography side is where I need help. And we sourced yeah. design and everything. And yeah, that's, that's been more active in my life outside of Prada as far as just creating high quality, non super cheese ball hockey apparel for people that, either play or love the game and using our voice and try to create a, a, a platform for people to, to grow the game who've been underserved by the game as it's such a classically white dude sport. Um, the more the merrier. And we're trying to use, you know, our, our building, our brand to, to open those voices up for everyone. So Hacksaw hockey has been, uh, it's been amazing. I, I'm it's, it's a lot of work. You know, I sit here on my laptop 
many days frustrated trying to figure things out but um mm-hmm. it's a it's a labor of love as they say it's really cool to see how uh, other things feed into your creativity on making music you said you're from chicago you said mentioned chicago are you a blackhawks fan i feel like i have to ask that <laughs> no no so okay we're born... good i'm a stars fan so we're fine <laughs> yeah i i do not like the blackhawks i like the blackhawks for a little bit living there but i'm born pittsburgh so... okay hey all respect to the penguins man that's I, i'm okay with that we're on op- opposite sides of the conference so we're fine that's but true we, I, we haven't really battled it out <laughs> i feel like we got to talk about uh uh about this forever because coffee is man coffee is one thing it's taken over my life man i remember i so i went to film school i made a short film making fun about hipsters about coffee it turns out that it's the real thing <laughs> so i remember i showed my friend he's he's from austin austin's like as hipster you can get for coffee right. and they're like uh i don't get it i'm like this is funny right no this is i i, I get it I, that's what i do at a shop oh <laughs> so and this is like say, seven years ago so who knows i mean i'm trying to now it's it's really crazy because the knowledge like the community of like coffee it's just getting bigger and bigger i'm i'm getting more educated about it you know um, I wonder, are you bringing Dogma Coffee, like something like this with you on tour to sell? I, I wonder. No, we've never sold Dogma on tour. Um, sometimes we have it on the bus. We've got a... Uh... I'll be first in line. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. We've got a Bonavita on the bus. Um, to, we had the off day yesterday here in Grand Rapids. We play Grand Rapids tonight, which is home of Madcap. So all yeah. the boys have been, just been drinking it by the gallon. Is such fantastic coffee. But yeah, I mean... You don't know, and it has to be, you know, a huge coffee dweeb. But if you want to get into the complexities and the really rich um, culture and community around coffee, have at it. Just don't ask what is a pour over out in public in Austin. Trust me, I've been there. Don't want to be there again. (laughs) So (laughs) now, uh, Mike, let's bro. We talked about everything. Let's get to Color Decay, man. This dropped September 16th on on, uh, Solid State Records album of the year contender okay before we dive a little further into this new album this is the follow-up to 2019's the act like you just mentioned in 2020's zombie 2 i mean bro you could not have followed those two up any better i don't know if i'm alone here but i felt like color decay it felt like the third phase following those releases because i felt like it was a mix of those two if anything else i went back and heard those records all right and and others i loved it then i love it now you guys, here's the thing, man. You guys have already had albums which have gone to be, you know, recognized as, and I mean it when I say this, influential pieces amongst a lot of the metalcore and hardcore fans today with Roots Above and Branches Below, for example. I'm 2009, right? Des Moines. I mentioned that at the beginning of our interview. It was mentioned as what? One of the five greatest metalcore albums and one of the Revolver Pauls. I mean, you guys have also garnered six consecutive top five debuts on the billboard top hard rock albums chart i mean a lot of numbers right i I mean all the while you guys are piling up a quarter of a billion i mean cumulative streams and views in the process you've been here since the beginning mike and and, you know despite multiple lineup changes over the years you've seen the youtube comments on for a a song like time for example the devil words prada really stood it's the test of time you know you guys have aged like fine wine the commonality i'm seeing with all these fans commenting you stay true to your sound yet evolved. I mean, I don't care who you are, but man, eight records is not an easy thing to do. Yet here you are. But knowing and being a part of that success that the Devil Wars Prada has been through, 
does writing get easier, Mike, or does the pressure of so many or several great records make it harder? Loaded question. <laughs> I'm going to drink my coffee. I might as well chug it at this point. <laughs> no, I appreciate your kind words, friend. Um, pressure. Uh, I don't know. I think I think that was there. It's been mentioned, you know, it always, to me, always felt like, you know, you put everything into an album, you finally make it, you have the artwork and everything, and then... You know, you wait, wait for release day. You you hope it charts. You want to see where it charts, this and that. But mm -hmm. anymore, like I've kind of just stepped a little further away from the process, and I just kind of look at, I, I guess, just the kind of fundamentals of of my job as the lyricist, vocalist, dude. Um, I think that you know, to your mentioning, like the act to Z2 to color decay and like those three together. I think that just really speaks to John producing our music and songwriting mm -hmm. and, and just having more and more of a hand in it. Um, to me, like, I don't, I think that's the only pressure I feel is working with John as far as like, if he sends me an instrumental and if I come back with something that I don't feel really confident about at the same time, it's never like I'm embarrassed or ashamed or something like I'm happy to be turned away. It's happened before it will continue happening you know throughout my my entire existence but um to me like i think that's one of the biggest hurdles is kind of just right off the bat as far as you know this record most of it we did and tracked in a, a rental property outside of um sky valley or in sky valley outside of palm springs california and um i think those were the hardest moments was talking to John and working through the songs and making sure they're good there. Cause John is like such a kind of gut vibe guy. Yeah. Um, he, he knows exactly how to read it as far as like, does this take more listens? Is my gut just telling me this is bad or is this like, yep, that's it. So I think those moments are, I think any kind of pressure I feel or anything. Um, I could have sworn until I started doing more interviews for color decay. This was our seventh record. So like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that my job is, is what happened in November, December of last year, you know, and constructing these songs and recording the songs back at the, at the ranch we were staying at. So um, that's kind of just the way I see it. I, I don't read YouTube comments. I read a little bit on Instagram here and there, like when I'm commented directly to me, but mm -hmm. um I don't know that <laughs> the the getting too far into that it's always felt like masochism and it will be like okay I won't let it get to me but it does like yeah. rub your feathers a little bit and it just I don't think it does anything good for me personally or creatively so I kind of just let all that be and again put put my best foot forward and and making the songs and you know kind of square one. And if it gets to you, that's okay. I mean, it shows that you're human. By the way, if anyone doesn't know, John Gehring, holy shit, uh, he produced this record. He's also your bandmate. I mean, the sound itself, uh, Mike, was a big part of this record that I really loved. I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. I didn't have to mess much with the EQ levels on this one because a lot of that has to do with your your bandmate, John Gehring. And I, I do want to take this moment to recognize him because I felt like there was that level of comfortability for you guys having someone like him working on bringing the Devil Wars part of sound to life on a record like this. You know, like he knows your sound. He plays with you guys like he knows you internally. That's it's not easy to find a producer that just clicks. But I think you found that with this guy, man. 
shout out to John. <laughs> oh, certainly. Um, he's, he's owed all credit in the world. You know, I'm lucky to not be, have done a lot of shitty interviews as of late. But when I do get all cranky and jaded about doing bad interviews, asking generic questions, I'm like, why Why am I the one answering these questions? It's John's record. You know, I was just I'm just the one yelling. I'm just, on I'm just a singer, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he I mean, the way that John sees it and kind of his avenue towards prod is that he can write and does write any kind of tune you want. He can do it in an hour. If you want it to sound good, he can do it in 10 minutes if you want it to sound shitty. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he just sees it as like he could do it for anybody and it can do whatever streaming online and whatever. But we've had this long history and his path to have his songs be played in the forefront comes through the vehicle of the Devil's mm-hmm. Prada and the vehicle that is Jeremy and my voice. Um and that's kind of just how we perceive the band as far as writing a song like chemical and whatnot is like, it's not saying like the devil was rent Prada went rock. It's saying like, how far can the devil Wars Prada go and how far can metal core go? Like that's mm-hmm. been my big awakening. I keep repeating myself is it's not trying to get out of metal core. It's trying to bring everything into metal core and, yeah. and expanding that bubble from the inside. So um, all, all praise to John. You know, he's he's the mastermind behind all that. And I appreciate you guys for 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 doing that, you know, bending the genre. That's that's what you want. You want to keep growing. You know, that's that's the best part about all this. And I want to quote you here. Uh, you know, Mike, you said that I believe you can define our band by color decay. This album, I uh, when I said, holy shit, I meant it because I, I couldn't stop listening to it. This clock's in a little over 40 minutes. It didn't feel like that. It was brutal yet melodic crying while headbanging can you do a certain thing like that i felt like that almost to a point that i felt like this album had everything you'd want for not only a devil wears prada fan but even just a heavy metal fan you guys matured from songs like exhibition to watchtower to broken which i think that's my favorite song on the record i'm still you know i'm coming back to that song a lot more uh to time to the epic closer cancer i mean the ebbs and flows of this uh record is such a trip you know when you watch like a movie you're left thinking at the end of what you just watched i felt like this at the end of like a marvel movie like i wasn't ready (laughs) for it to end i was ready for like an extra credit like getting ready for the next thing you know i wonder how much did things change from when you first started composing on color decay to where you ended up finishing it like did a lot change in between or did you already have a specific sound you wanted from day one Again, I I really appreciate all your kind <laughs> words, friend. I'll keep saying it. I'm very grateful. Um, no, bro. I, thank you, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're one of the reasons why I'm technically alive today. I shouldn't be even here. I mean, for people who don't know, there's a story that Mike already knows about. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I can't. I can't. I, I shouldn't say I can't wait to tell the other guys, but they're gonna. It's gonna blow their brains. Um, uh, the sound. Uh. Honestly, no, I felt like we've, we were kind of, I didn't know. I knew John was writing. I knew that Jeremy had done like some demo tracking over the instrumentals that John had, Mm -hmm. but until he sent over the first two songs to me, which were sacrifice and uh, trapped, I didn't know they were that far along. Um, Both of which, both of those, well, John had a good bit of like the intro verse in there. I'm trying to think of the extent of what he completed before yeah. sending it to me. He did both choruses. Um, 
but really, you know, I, I pepper in the verses, like our, our, our workflow, like the next song we did was watchtower. And he basically sends me an instrumental. And if he doesn't have a vocal or a lyric for the course, he, he, he writes melodies. I do not. I've written very, very, very few melodies in this band over the course of the, the years with Jeremy, but, um, he just kind of murmurs and sings these like just whatever. <laughs> and I go, I write a lyric and send it back to him. And um, Watch Trial was actually, I think, maybe one of the easiest songs. It was just like that, which is why it got released second too as our second single and whatnot. But um, no, really, I, I just felt like I would hear different songs and I'd be like, okay, that's where I want to take this vocally. If there's nothing that John started with lyrics um especially when i think of like 25 like i heard that i'm like oh this is very obviously a breakup song which it is lyrically and i uh hallucinate was actually a leftover very sort of bare bones z2 demo that so didn't turn it that's my second favorite on the record i was a shout out to hallucinate that was cl closer to the end of the album but man another great piece for you guys anyway sorry no th <laughs> thank you thank you hallucinate's one of my favorites too yeah um but yeah, that's kind of the workflow to it and um, the sort of sound. Like some of the things that we talked about that didn't really come up so much later was John saying like, what does like present day grunge look like? Or if you said like, what's mm. future grunge? And I don't, if you listen to Color to Get, I, I think grunge is the last word that would ever come to mind. But what did you just you, say? You said you wanted to bring things into metalcore. That's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? And when you hear like, like if you want to like, again, as like an audiophile, if you want to listen to the layers of guitars and cancer and the fact that it's like upbeat chords, but it's just sludged and sludged and like fuzzed guitars, yes. really little guitars panned here and there and whatnot. Like it's kind of like what these like, you know, two slow chords were back like early 90s grunge or whatever, you know. So like in terms of the sound, like that was something for us to think about, but. I think I think we've been trying to go far different places for a long time, thinking back to like Chicago on Dead Throne or songs like 818 on 818 and such. And um, we've always forced that in. It's always one of my personal favorite moments of our albums. And then, you know, come Color Decay, I think it's just mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to sound too cocky and say it's like prolific, but that's a huge part of the album is no the it's okay please be it's okay to be cocky it's bro I, listen to what i just everything i just said about this album you're kind of just uh, crossing all the t's for me you know it's <laughs> it, it you guys have really checked off that mental list in my head when i listen i come from a family of musicians mike both of my brothers are producers my mom's a, a professional music artist she's a singer so i i know these things when i hear the production side of the album thank you for sharing by the way i know and if it wasn't clear already this podcast is going to be on all major streams. Having said that, anyone out there hire John Gary because he's he's fucking amazing. <laughs> if it he's wasn't for hire, <laughs> he is. Uh, you know, between uh, by the way, Giuseppe, I think this is the best work I've ever heard from you, drummer Giuseppe. Holy shit! Um, guitar melodies and riffs were crushing, hip hypnotic. Basslines felt like the heartbeat of this album. I mean, the synths and the keys really added to an already emotional record, and then. And then you, I mean, I don't know how you keep doing this all these years, Mike. I mean, you, you, your vocals just keep getting better and better and better. Again, I come from a family of musicians. I noticed that between writing and instructing the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, you know, the lyricism throughout Color Decay, 
you know, the bulk of it, you know, references the, what is it, the disintegration and discoloration you experience from daily struggles, mental health, getting older, dealing with it. Man, oh man, I'm 33. This really hit me. I mean, literally, <laughs> literally last year, obviously, you already know. I mean, it, you have a song like Sacrifice, right? And and that's a song of defeat also. Nothing left to fight for. I began to think of the uh, of the tangibles of a theme or a message to your music. Is that a big component of songwriting for a band like the Devil Wars Prada? Are themes important to you, Mike? You specifically? Well, certainly, yeah. I think that there's a lot of regrettable content through our early work. And I think the thing that was most avoidable on my part was that these songs all lyrically blended together. I basically have notebooks full of just one-liners and you could throw it in any song. And I kind of did that. Um, a part of John's discipline in doing what we do is making sure that, you know, these songs aren't just saying like, I woke up this morning feeling bad. Like, where's the depth you know where's the color mm -hmm. to it where's the where's the visuals to it um i think that goes very specific i think that's just about the hardest part of writing songs these days at least prada songs is having these moments that we want to explore and talk about that mm -hmm. you know you can fledge out entirely in, into a piece so um it, yeah i mean if if the song isn't John just like the way it works is like, if it's, if you're not like talking about something, then what's the point? What's your song? Mm -hmm. It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. So, you know, what are the themes we're, we're going to tackle? What are we going to talk about? And one of the challenges, and it's very much a challenge for me is someone that's always been very like truly cathartic with my writing is trying to write for circumstances bigger than my own and circumstances that can speak to more people than really just myself. Um, and I think, you know, a song like trapped does that very well and, and um, different moments here and there, even like noise where I wrote all the lyrics to, at least I recall, don't kill me, John. Um, like it, it's, it's like the song is like kind of being scared of success or scared of like, mm -hmm your dreams coming true almost in a way and whatnot. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's structured in such a way that it's not just me talking about something specific, you know, it's, it's meant to be sung to same as like the, like the big moments at the end of time and whatnot. Like these are moments that are meant for more people than just me. And that's something I've never really had as, as silly as that might sound. So um, that's a part of the themes that's become more important for the band. And, uh, um, but yeah, to answer your question, themes are important. Certainly. Yeah, man. Uh, Mike, uh, we're approaching the last part of our interview. We're going to get to that surprise here in a second, but I'm, I know we've covered a good amount of, of, of ground on this awesome uh, interview. It's conversation, man. I feel like we need like a beer or something. I'm drinking coffee or coffee. That's what we need. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing about, you know, who you are and really, really, and, you know, and what Devil Wears Prada is all about, you know, representing Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, Chicago in, in the form of display of art that you guys are, you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline you have taken and what you've discussed about, right? And performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and work with doing these amazing records. I mean, touring, the growing fan base, eight albums. <laughs> Not seven. 
<laughs> and almost and almost two decades, bro. 2025 is right, right around the corner. All right. It's it. I mean, I'm time. You see time. That's been a commonality in this interview. It's one thing that I'm just focusing on as I get older. I'm sure you see it, too. I've always been excited, you know, to see where you guys go from one point to the next. And I feel no different this time around. You know, there's definitely a level of inspiration to what you are doing here, Mike. I mean, you were a prominent band when I was in high school, going into college. You still are today. Look at the fans. Look at the fans that you're going to see out there tonight. You know, have your aspirations as a musician or hell as a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to mark my aspirations so much because again, like I've never wanted to like kind of kick my feet up on anything, you know, like Mm. there's never like, turn the corner or finish day 20 and that means you're successful or something, you know? So I don't know. I, I've always just aspired, I guess, to, I mean, the reason I joined the band wasn't because I wanted to like be a singer or something. It's because I liked writing lyrics and this was the medium or the vehicle for me to be able to write as I've always enjoyed doing. So even since being a little kid, but um, I, I like going places. It, it, I always wear myself out saying, but if I could never, if the Prada never went back to Europe, I'd probably have to call it quits because I love being overseas and just walking in the rain or whatever the day might hold, just walk in for miles and miles in Prague or Paris. And um, I think maybe that's my aspirations. I, I, you know, like anyone, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a bit jaded or get bitter with the industry or the way people kind of, go mm-hmm. about making tunes now like people always ask like how like what what's it take to like be in a good ba- or like make it or something or and i'm always like just work on the music like it's so like yeah like your media presence or social media and everything has to be through the roof to get noticed and everything but like if you're spending way more time on that than your your tunes it's like and i kind of get distracted with that sometimes or i get bitter about it but um I guess that's how I've become rather jaded with things here and there. But at the same time, like I am performing music and, uh, and writing music. And that's been, again, something that I kind of just fell into joining this band and nothing. I ever really want to kick my feet up and go like, look at me, look what I'm doing. Look what, look what this is tonight. Look at, you know, September 1st back in Dallas and shit. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> That's going to be at the same venue too. Holy shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait as well. Dallas Dallas shows are have been some of they're, our they're best. They're so crazy, career. dude. I I yeah. still I still remember how crazy the so what. Uh, I I'm seeing you guys just from the balcony. We were in the press room. Uh, by the way, you were standing right next to me. You probably didn't even know, but when you were in the press room, I was there, and I was like, "That's Mike." All right. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, bro, it's it's there's I mean being humble too, you know. But I want to. I want to remind you, you're doing great things, Mike. I want you to keep doing what you're doing because you're impacting people like me, other people, people in the crowd who are just happy to be here too because we need more Devil Wars product in our life. But, uh, you know, much appreciated to everything you've done. I, I think it's also easy to lose track of yourself the more successful you are, you know, and along the way, I think it sometimes it's okay to 
push everything back and kind of just look at it from the outside, refocus on yourself and just go back into it with a, a, a different purpose, a more a refined purpose almost, you know, I've seen it with friends. They've lost themselves along the way. So, and you've had that, you've had that level headedness that I really appreciate. So I'd mentioned that level of inspiration, but anyway, it's, I I'm drawing the line between being a fan and being a journalist. I'm apologize. All right, bro. <laughs> oh, just, no, thank you. But, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. All right. Now we've been serious. Let's get to the fun part. All right. We're going to enter an interview on a really cool note here. I don't think you've ever done this before. So I think this is what you've been waiting for the whole time, huh? I, I can tell. I am curious. <laughs> I'm going to do here. I'm going to do something here called the hot seat. Hot seat. I'm going to see if you know the lyrics to your own songs. You're for that challenge. Oh, I'm going to fail. Here's the thing. I get this every time. I have artists who tell me I'm going to fail and they get every single song right. And then some artists will say, oh, I'll get every single one of them right. And they get every single one of them wrong. It's always the other <laughs> way. It's never. It's so crazy when I hear that. So I handpicked a select few. I promise I'm going to start you up easy. I'm not going to go in order. I got some deep cuts in there. So let's see if anything. I'm making you rethink your set list. Just a heads up. So um, so <laughs> here we go. Ready? You're, uh, you're you're good as ready man. as i'll ever be here we go man and it's like poetry when i'm reading this because i was going back i've been struck by lightning i've vanished gone with the glacier because it's the opposites that i can't accept this collision certain death this is yeah i i, I will remember a new tune i'm not that bad um that, that's uh we've been playing it and i've kind of actually messed up the verses a number of nights as far as you know <laughs> time moves like lightning and that time's moving like lightning or uh i've been struck by the lightning <laughs> i keep talking about the same things in different words and it's become a challenge um but uh playing new songs is always great that is time if anyone is keeping count back home uh, all right next one uh you have no problem finding me although you only commit unintentionally I do it for the Lord. I do it for, help me with this. Chicago. Yeah, there we go. Death Throne from 2011. See, you got this. You're doing good. Here we I, go. I thought it was like, it was going to be like plague song names, which I I uh, couldn't read you probably four plagues names. So it's, it's coming though. Not a whole bunch, but, it, <laughs> but it's coming. <laughs> Here we go. I, I can hear the questions now. Since journalism died somehow, the shout proclaimed, the poison praised. They make my words an unmarked grave. You see, it's like poetry. I'm reading it. I just feel like I could, like it's like a lullaby, uh, reading it, a kid to sleep. Maybe not those words, but you know. <laughs> uh, you gave me another easy one there because it is praise poison. Um, uh, I haven't thought. Think, think 2016 and think title track. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's not praise poison. It's just that I throw back the lyric. Yeah, it's a transit blues. There. Hell yeah. yeah! There we go. Yep. Transit blues, 2016. All right, you you called it. No measure of weight can justify what now presses into my chest. To the road, your freedom <laughs> is awesome, but it does compare to the sweet embrace of my love. Uh. It's the crap song. C is for there's yeah. no. You can't spell crap without C. Plagues 2007. And here's the thing. Yeah. That's the only song I picked. So you're good. All right. Here we go. Moving, moving along. You won't say a word. Why won't you look my way? As we gaze through the window, the ash storm. Yeah. Man, I didn't even finish that. 
Act, the Act 2019. All right, I think you know this song was coming. Forward can't be stopped. Should I even read it? Anything else from there? Yeah, those ones. <laughs> With roots above and branches below. Play I that still, one once or twice. I play that on guitar here, man. I'm still good at that. I'm an expert. <laughs> All right. Between sharks and kings, it doesn't matter much to Sailor's me. Prayer. Man, look at this. Look at I, what did I tell you, man? You said you would get you wouldn't be good at this. I, I, I feel like these are singles or something. I think you're taking it easy on me. <laughs> well, let's see about this next one. This is the last one. I'm gonna read just one line. All right. Okay. Here lies my pride. Don't come back. <laughs> oh shit. Gauntlet of Solitude. Dear love of beautiful Discord 2006. All right, I'm going to give you a round of applause, Mike, when this airs, because you did awesome. You got every single song. That was eight songs. That was that's well, like I, I, I jumped the gun on the tr the Transit Blues Praise Poison one. Uh, yeah, I guess, but it, I, I didn't it give you the name. I, you got the song. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 bro, bro, this has been such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this with me, man. Uh, bro, do you have any like last words? Just any shout outs, anything else you'd like to plug and mention as far as uh, Delaware's product, new album, your coffee, hockey, whatever you want to say before we finish things off here. No, I, I, again, I can't say thank you enough for all the kind words. Thank you for being a quality journalist and not giving me the old, what's your band name mean rundown. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for all the kind words on color decay. Um, anyone out there listening, you know, come see us on tour. Check out the tunes. If you love hockey, or if you don't love hockey, check out Hacksaw Hockey. Uh, yeah, and, no love uh, to the Blackhawks, but that's, no love to the Blackhawks. I, th I, I think me and Mike agree on that to uh, the same degree here. So <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. I'm with you there. And, <laughs> and uh, make sure, you, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, like, because yeah. that zombie tour with Dying Wish and Straight from the Path, you guys are touring with some some great people, by the way. Um, it's great so, touring with good bands. Yeah, it's and really I'll. Nice. And uh, I'll, by the way, um, I haven't mentioned this. I'm going to give a shout out to also Stephanie Cosenza. I know she's a friend of you guys. Yeah, she's, Cozy. She's, yeah, so Cozy is actually one of the reasons why I'm here today. I became a photographer because of her. So she's actually an influential person for me. So anyway, she shout too out to will her. be at the Dallas show. Yeah, yeah, I will see her. I can't wait. Shout out to love you, Cozy. So uh, you're you're amazing. Um, don't everyone who's listening, don't forget to check out Delaware's Prada. They're on tour with Dying Wish and Straight from the Path. Um, they'll be here in Dallas, September 1st at Southside Musical, where it all happened last year. Can't wait to suspense is building. But uh, Color Decay drops on September 16th through Solid State Records. Uh, do us a favor, you know, buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help. Mike, I'm still old fashioned. I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room. I still have my VCR in the other side of the house. VCR. All right. That's that's, that's still a thing. All right. <laughs> oh, I back it. I back it. <laughs> and you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Mike Karanika, much love, brother. Uh, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Go crush it tonight, man. Think about everything we said and try to remember those lyrics when you're on stage, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate your friend. I'll all see right, you next. Stay in touch. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. 
If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.